This evening we have one more short passage in Genesis chapter 50 to finish up our study of the book of Genesis. And so let's read verses 22 to 26 of Genesis chapter 50. Genesis chapter 50 and verses 22 to 26. So Joseph dwelled in Egypt, he and his father's household. And Joseph lived 110 years. Joseph saw Ephraim's children to the third generation. The children of Machir, the son of Manasseh, were also brought up on Joseph's knees. And Joseph said to his brethren, I am dying, but God will surely visit you and bring you out of this land to the land of which he swore to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. Then Joseph took an oath from the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones from here. So Joseph died, being one hundred and ten years old, and they embalmed him, and he was put in a coffin in Egypt. Joseph lived, and he died in faith. In Hebrews 11.22, we read that by faith, Joseph, when he was dying, made mention of the departure of the children of Israel and gave instructions concerning his bones. Egypt had been the land of Joseph's personal wealth and prosperity, but he understood that Egypt was not the place of God's blessing for his people Israel. His loyalty was not to the land of Egypt, but to Jehovah and to Jehovah's revealed will for the people of Israel. May the Lord help us to remember that this world is not our home. In all of our relationships and all of our responsibilities in life, may we be good examples like Joseph was and seek to be successful in whatever we are called upon to do in order that we might bring the Lord Jesus Christ glory, that we might bring honor to his name. And like Joseph, if, if we live by faith and if we do all that we do in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, Others will benefit from our faithfulness in this life, just as others did because of Joseph's faithfulness to Jehovah. He prospered in Egypt. Nevertheless, may we never forget that we are looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. May we not become so entangled with the affairs of life that we forget to make plans for eternity by laying up treasures in heaven, by living a life that honors God and that is ever looking for the soon return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Peter wrote in 1 Peter 2, verses 11 and 12, this important exhortation for us in this church age. 1 Peter 2, 11 and 12. Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, Abstain from fleshly lusts, which war against the soul, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. May we heed that exhortation as we live our life in this world, but in anticipation of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is our promised inheritance for those of us who've put our faith in Jesus Christ. 
Well, that concludes our study of the book of Genesis, but since we still have time to spare this evening, let's have a a little pop quiz on some of the main characters in this book as kind of a summary of the book of Genesis. For those that are listening to the podcast of this lesson, I'll give the questions that, that I gave live in our live study. And then if you want to, you can pause and try to answer those questions and search the scriptures for an answer. And then I will give some of the answers that I believe are are good answers to the questions that will help us to consider the important truths of the book of Genesis. So the first question is, who do you think is the main character of the book of Genesis? Well, I think we have to answer that first and foremost with God. He's the one who's first mentioned. In the beginning, God. God wanted to reveal himself to the human race. God wanted to reveal his plan of redemption. I believe that this is the main purpose, that God had Moses write down the book of Genesis. I believe it was to give to man a clear revelation of who God is and what his plan for redemption is. Redemption was necessary because of sin. And so Genesis reveals the origin of sin, but then he also reveals his promise to reconcile sinful man back to himself through a redeemer. Genesis also clearly affirms that the one true God created heaven and earth and is therefore worthy of man's worship and man's devotion. What do you think was Eve's big mistake that led to her sin? She doubted God's word that led to her seeing with her eyes what looked to her to be good. And then she esteemed Satan's words as more reliable than God's word. This will always lead to sin. May we always understand that God's word is true, always has been always will be. May we never doubt his word. We may not always understand it in the moment, but may we learn to trust him. He is the all-wise God, and we can trust his word. What was Adam's sin? Adam was not deceived, the Bible tells us, but he willingly chose to disobey God's word. We're not given the reason why he ate the fruit that Eve gave him, He may simply have not wanted to be separated from her, or maybe he wanted to experience whatever she had experienced. We don't know exactly why he just disobeyed God's word. But no matter what his motivation, he knew what God had said, and he chose to disobey his instruction. May the Lord keep us from such rebellion, such disobedience against his word. What about Satan? What was his role in all of this? With all of his craftiness, Satan sealed his own destiny to be fully defeated by the promised seed of the woman. We read in 1 John 4, 4, that you are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Satan tries to exalt himself above God, but he's not God. We don't fear him. We understand He has a plan. He is the enemy of God and the enemy of God's people, but he cannot overthrow God's plan and purpose of redemption for the human race. 
He cannot overthrow God's plan for his people. And so we can trust God and not fear Satan, but resist him in the faith. Who was the first man to be translated to heaven without seeing death? In Genesis 5.25, we read, And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. So in the translation of Enoch, we see a foreshadowing of a future translation and resurrection for those who walk with God, those who walk in fellowship with him, in loving obedience to his will for their life. Why did Noah find grace in the eyes of the Lord? In Genesis 6, 8, we read, But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Genesis tells us that Noah was a man who feared God and who worshipped God. His fear of the Lord caused him to, to walk with God in loving obedience to the will of God. He believed God's word concerning that, that prophesied coming judgment when such a judgment had never before occurred. And his faith in God's word led to his obedience to build the ark despite all of the mocking of those around him and those who refused to believe. The Bible tells us that Noah was a preacher of righteousness. He preached what was right in the sight of God. He preached repentance from sin. He preached of the coming judgment for sin if there was not repentance. Noah is a good example of what God wants us to be today. We are to fear God. We are to believe his word. We are to believe his word concerning the sinful condition of man and the coming judgment of the wrath of God for those who refuse to repent. We are also to preach that right way, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ. We are to be preachers of righteousness in this generation in which we live. Now let's consider some of the outstanding characteristics of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph. Things that that God wants to develop in us. We'll begin with Abraham. So what were some of the outstanding characteristics in Abraham's life? The first one, I think we have to say, is faith. Abraham left his native country to go to a place he did not know simply because God told him to go. God gave him a command, and he obeyed. Abraham was willing to sacrifice his son because he believed, he had faith in God's promises that Isaac was the promised seed of blessing, and therefore God would have to raise him from the dead if God wanted Abraham to sacrifice Isaac. That's faith. He believed God's word no matter what. God wants to develop that life of faith in us just to believe God's word, to trust his promises, no matter what the circumstances are, believe what God says. Another characteristic of Abraham is worship. In the book of Genesis, it's recorded that Abraham built three different altars to worship the Lord during his journey in this life. Abraham was constantly taking time to acknowledge God and to worship him for his goodness and his grace and his blessings. Another characteristic of Abraham's life is he lived in tents. 
He had the mentality of a pilgrim, of a sojourner. Abraham lived in tents as a pilgrim, knowing that this life was not his final resting place. He looked for a city whose builder and maker is God, we read in, a, in Hebrews eleven, nine and 10. By faith he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Abraham also was characterized by compassion for others. Abraham interceded for his carnal nephew Lot. He even interceded for Sodom and Gomorrah. He had compassion for them. Ultimately, Abraham consented to the will of God being done, no matter what that meant. But he, he had compassion for others. God wants us to have compassion for others. What about Isaac? What are some of the outstanding traits, characteristics of Isaac? First of all, what comes to my mind is his submission. He willingly laid down on the altar of sacrifice. We don't read that there was a struggle between Isaac and Abraham when Abraham began to tie him hands and feet to the altar in order to sacrifice him. We don't read of an argument. We don't read of a struggle. And by this time, Isaac was a strapping young man and Abraham was an old man. But Isaac willingly submitted to his father's will. We also read that Isaac apparently had the, the habit of meditating, prayer. He went out to the field to meditate or to commune, the word means. When he saw Rebekah coming, he obviously was praying. His life was characterized by communing with God. That's something that should characterize our life as well. We also read that Isaac received a full reward. Abraham gave him all that he had. Isaac's inheritance was a full inheritance. Abraham's other children, they received gifts. Abraham was good and generous to them. But it was Isaac that received the full reward. In Genesis 25, 5, we read that Abraham gave him all that he had. God wants to give us a full inheritance as we learn to trust him and live by faith. In what ways is Isaac a type of Christ? He was the promised seed. Isaac was the promised seed. It involved a miraculous conception, just as the conception of Jesus Christ by the Virgin Mary. Isaac was a willing sacrifice. Jesus willingly gave his life for us. Isaac was in a figure raised from the dead when he got up off of that altar because in Abraham's mind, he was as good as dead, but he rose up from that altar. Jesus Christ literally raised from the dead. Abraham prepared for Isaac a wife, a wife that was sought for, provided for him by his father. God the Father is preparing a bride for his son. And then in Hebrews 1 and verses 1 and 2, we read that Jesus is the heir of all things. Isaac inherited all that Abraham had. 
Jesus is the heir of all things. God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds. What about Jacob? What characterized his life? Jacob valued spiritual blessings. He was spiritually minded. He knew the the value and the importance of the promises of grace that were made to Abraham, that were passed down to Isaac, and he desired those blessings as well. Jacob endured labor and trials. And despite being mistreated by Laban, because Jacob believed God's promises to prosper him and make him a great nation, because Jacob believed those promises, he endured hardship. That's the kind of faith that God is looking for in us today. 2 Timothy 2.3. 2 Timothy 2.3. You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. God wants to develop this endurance in us, this patience that is the result of faith. Jacob was made a prince of God in his weakness when he wrestled with the angel of God, the pre-incarnate Christ. Jacob was exalted by God to a place of favor after he stopped fighting and after he stopped resisting when he was made weak, and then he just clung to the angel of the Lord in his weakness until he received God's blessing. God wants us in our weakness to find strength in clinging to him. The Apostle Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10, 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10, and he said to him, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. May we learn this lesson. May we cling to the Lord Jesus Christ and his strength, his promises, his faithfulness. May we stop resisting his will and simply surrender. Then we will know the blessings of God in our life. What about Joseph? So many lessons we learned from Joseph. Joseph pointed anyone and everyone he met to Jehovah. He pointed his family to Jehovah and the revealed will of God for him and for his family. Joseph pointed Potiphar and Potiphar's wife, the cupbearer and the baker, and even Pharaoh. He pointed them all to Jehovah and his faithfulness. We need to do the same. We need to have that testimony to others. Joseph excelled in whatever task he was given. As a slave to Potiphar, he was the best slave you could possibly be to the point that he was exalted to be the administrator of all that Potiphar had. In prison, he was the head prisoner. And then as he, in Pharaoh's kingdom, he was second in command. May whatever we do, may we do it heartily as unto the Lord for his glory and to be the best that we can be with what God has given us. 
Joseph's perspective on everything he experienced in life was from God's point of view. He told his brothers, who meant what they did to him when they sold him as a slave, they meant it for evil. But he says God meant it for good. And so that's how he looked at his experiences in life. If God allowed it, it was for his good. We have been given so many more promises than Joseph had. And we know that all things work together for our good. Do we believe that? Can we have God's perspective on every experience that we experience in life? God wants to work that in us as well. We see it in Joseph and others should see it in us. In what ways is Joseph a type of Christ? Joseph was loved by his father and hated by his brothers. During Jesus' earthly ministry, God said, This is my beloved son. He spoke from heaven. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. Loved by the father, but hated by his fellow Jews. Joseph was chosen to save many people alive. Jesus Christ died to give eternal life to whosoever believes. Joseph forgave those who hated him. Jesus died for us when we were yet his enemies. We see a picture, a foreshadowing of Jesus Christ in the life of Joseph. Well, let's finish by reading Hebrews 11, and we'll read all the way into chapter 12 of Hebrews, the first two verses. Beginning at Hebrews eleven thirty nine, And all these, having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise, God having provided something better for us, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. But in verse 1 of chapter 12 of Hebrews, it says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight, and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. May we learn from the many examples both good and bad, that we have considered in our study of the book of Genesis. And may we follow those good examples of faith of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph. May we, by faith, as we look for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, as we look to be translated to our eternal heavenly home, may we live a life of faith in this life, for the glory and the honor of the Lord Jesus Christ, that others might see in us the reality of the power of faith in Jesus Christ.